Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. What is happening, everyone? Welcome back to the Copway Podcast. There's Mick and Christian once again. We are sat in a cosy little corner of a pub after the Liverpool have beat Everton 2-0 in the derby. It wasn't the best game, but before we get into it all, Christian, how are you doing, lads? You are over back in back in the city. How, how are you feeling? I'm really good. I uh, had a great couple of days uh, today, obviously, with the win. And yesterday oh, we arrived, points. yeah, me and my brother. So, <laughs> you know, he's around here somewhere as well, having a drink. I uh, don't know, I can't see him now, but yeah, um, he's around here somewhere. So we arrived early yesterday morning, had a long day, met up with you and a few mates, and obviously today with the big game. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really good. Good stuff, yeah. It's, um, I mean, we were excited about this game. I think the lineup when it came out, I think we kind of predicted most of it. I think um, I think the only difference was Jota in for um, Jota in for Nunes, and yeah, it was nice to see Gravenberg get a start as well. Yeah, because when we talked about it, we were talking about the midfield and the players that were away. Uh, international breaks and uh, we were not sure who's going to start because last time McAllister came back, he was not really good after playing for Argentina. So um, now we. You know, he played, but then we also said that Graven Birch was actually in the in the team and that uh, was what we talked about because we want that kind of player in there because he's actually shown that he's been really good uh, when he played. So, you know, it's a young midfield, it's a strong midfield, it's a quality midfield and I like what we saw when they came out. Yeah, I think, I mean, we won't go into what Graven Birch did yet, we'll do that in a bit, but I thought the fact that we put him in there and gave him like the opportunity and I think... I think from obviously what he's doing in training, he's doing the right things, and I think he did that on the pitch as well. Like just how, just how silky he is, and strong and tall, and all the stuff that you need in that midfield left area. He was providing all of that. Um, so, like I mentioned, it wasn't it wasn't the best game to be honest. But I mean, derbies never are to be honest. Derby as long as you win the game, that's all that matters. Um, but it was only eighteen minutes, and uh, Ashley Young got his got his first yellow of the game. I feel like after that. It was a case of just give the ball to Luis Diaz and see if he can cause more uh, cause more chaos on that side and try and get him sent off, which he eventually did. Yeah, I think also you know when you think about this kind of game and you're having a you know a couple of pounds before and you want to you know build up to the game, you get the feeling you know it's a derby. 
but like you said and mentioned, uh, the derby, you know, first half, first half wasn't that good. Uh, we felt it was a little bit sleepy, might be, you know, due to the kickoff as well. It's yeah, an early definitely. kickoff and all that kind of stuff that, you know, everyone talks about already. But yeah, um, you know, coming into the game and how we started the game, it wasn't, you know, the best way because, you know, sometimes, like you said, derbies can be a little bit dull, but sometimes it can be amazing as well, depending on, you know, how it starts, what happens. But yes, there's a yellow card and, you know, with Luis Diaz being that kind of player that he is uh, and Ashley Young being actually old. <laughs> you know, actually old, yeah. <laughs> if you like. Um, I'm thinking, you know, it was just the right decision to keep on giving the ball to Luis Diaz to try to just, you know, make him. Because obviously he needs to be more you know, cautious about what he's doing. And, you know, later on we saw that, you know, uh, what Luis Diaz did uh, obviously caused them troubles and him troubles and that, you know, gave uh, a red card as well. Yeah, I think the the ref, get, like the first one was he, like obvious yellow, but then there's another, there's another instance where he kicks the ball away and you're like, well, isn't that a second yellow? And I think the ref, that's in the, that's in the ref's mind then because he yeah. kicks the ball away and I think the next, he's like, in the next, the next one, you're off. Um, and I think that, like when you think of the first half, though, like the second yellow was on thirty-seven, so we had like seven or eight minutes after the, that yellow, second yellow, to kind of get at them. But we just seemed to be like at the first half, we only had one shot on target, and I think that says a, that tells a picture about how Liverpool were kind of. We were just a, like every time we were passing the ball, it was a little bit too slow. We were giving it into areas. McAllister was getting it into like in those areas. If he turns and he he makes a good switch a play or he does something nice and it looks good but it, we were giving him the ball and he'd kind of maybe take a touch to too many and then they were straight on and putting tackles in and they were fair tackles and in a derby you've got to expect those type of tackles but maybe he was taking too many touches on the ball I just felt that was kind of like how we were going about it it was a bit like a little bit too slow and I think half time came at a good time with them 10 men we needed to get in and like I guess refocus and re-energise and go right we need to Basically, sort this out because it's not it's not been going well, and it, you, I think you can feel that in the ground. I think the the vibe in the ground transfers onto the pitch a little bit in terms of the frustration and stuff, and the players then try and maybe start doing too many things, making more mistakes. And I think it, it's it kind of transfers itself over sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah, and I, I think you know we 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 were slow, and they were obviously there to defend, which they did well, uh, and then they got the red card. And we, you know, thinking that, okay, this is obviously gives an, us an opportunity. But I think, you know, in general, we, we should have been better to actually move the ball quicker, trying to, you know, you know, ask them more questions, if you like, because we were playing in a way where they could actually, you know, uh, move their positions and defending quite well without any troubles. But yeah. obviously with the red card, it gives us an opportunity, but it's... It's it's a good way that it comes just before half time because, like you said, we can go into the changing room and actually refocus and talk about what can we do now to actually use this opportunity because it's sometimes hard to be eleven against ten as well because yeah. then you know you got that that advantage and you need to break them down and that puts a bit of a pressure as well to actually be able yeah. to do that and they will you know stand their ground even more because now they know that okay we're only here to defend to try to get a point and maybe go on the counter and to score because that can happen as well we've done it mm. you know against Newcastle I don't say they have the same quality but there's an opportunity if we go forward and try to score yeah, that they actually break and, and score so you know it's a, it's a difficult one even though you're one uh, one more player on the pitch uh, but, you know, going out in the second half, I felt that we were a little bit more focused and organised. And I felt it was a little bit better, obviously, also because of they having only 10 men. Yeah, cause I think once they were, their game plan was, of course, to counter-attack and sit back and whatever. So 11 men, they were going to do it. But then with 10 men, they were like, they were definitely going to do it. And it was like, they've got, a, I mean, 
at least a bit of pace when they brought better on. He had a bit of pace, but I think our defenders have enough for them. But that, that kind of leads me on to the um, the Canate stuff. He gets a yellow on 50 minutes. And I don't know how far after that, but it's, it, it mustn't have been long after that that he makes another foul. And of course, the Everton fans were absolutely screaming for another yellow because it kind of the same kind of thing happened for Ashley Young. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen the second one back, but I feel like the second the second one was a foul. But like, I think if it's not an Anfield, you maybe get a red card. But I feel like the way the stuff's been going for us recently with like Spurs game and certain decisions. I mean, I saw something on Twitter the other day. Like, if if VAR wasn't a thing, we'd be like three points to the top of the table. So it's it's things like that where maybe it's in the back of the referee's mind that they've got to be a little bit more not favourable, but they've got to like even things out a little bit yeah. over the course of over the course of the season. Which is which is which is not fair in my opinion. No, it's not. But you know, but it happens. Yeah, because seeing you know Canarthis um, situation from the from the stands. It looks like a foul. I haven't seen like you. I haven't seen yeah, yeah. the 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 situation back or a replay of it. But it, I get the feeling that it could have been a you know a second yellow and a red card. At the same time, I told you when it happened, it's just like it just didn't look like he meant it. Like trying yeah. to actually get away, and they just actually you know I haven't seen it back, so you know someone else might say something else. But it just looked and the feeling that I had after just did happen. I was like. Well, it could be a la carte, but the referee might go, you know, it's just an actually accident collision. Just a collision. And yeah, yeah. it could yeah. still be a yellow card, but, you know, in this type of game mm. where it's a derby and you're playing home, maybe, like you said, with his, with things in his mind of what happened before, maybe it gives us a little bit of an, of a chance of not having that red card going against us in that uh, moment. So, yeah, I was happy that it didn't happen. And obviously, you know, he was, he was substituted off for Mark later on. So <laughs> that was good. But yeah, you know, that was a moment where we, or probably just like, oh, you know, it was lucky, like, yeah, lucky. well, it was instant, weren't it? Like, Klopp straight away was like, get, get Matt upon. And that was on the 67 minutes. So, I mean, it was longer than I thought it was, but 50 and then 67. So, it was a good 17 minutes between both of them. I thought, I felt, felt like it was a shorter amount of time when you're watching from the from the ground. But um, just before that, we brought on brought on Nunes for Simicas and Elliot on for Gravenberch. And we might as well talk about Gravenberch then because we were admiring them admiring his footwork and the way he kind of moves about on the field because I think in, in those type of games where it's all about passion and tackles and whatever, he was playing with like just such a cool head. He'd take a touch. He'd, you know, he's got a bit of guile, a bit of energy, strength about him. He's still very young. So these type of games can only help him in, in the future to kind of get used to what we're trying to achieve but also get used to like those type of games. Like... Those games are so intense. You've got to be like technically good and stuff, and get on the ball. And he was kind of doing all those good things that that we want to see from that left side midfielder. Yeah, ball. you know, I, I think with Gavin Birch, we've you know we've used to, you know we've done a bargain deal. You know, that's the thing. Like everyone talking about, he didn't make it to Bayern Munich coming from Ajax, and we talked about this before in episodes. But I think you know what 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 we've seen so far from him playing in the games and, you know, making the points that he have done as well, you know, scoring, assists and stuff like that. I think, you know, we know that he will be a quality player because, like you said, he's a silker player. He's, he's tall, he's strong, he's good with his technique, he's good on the ball. So whatever, you know, with his age and whatever skills he can actually develop on the club, I think, you know, he can become a great, great midfielder for us for a long time. So I think playing this kind of game as well a derby where it's more physical uh you know he's a big like i said a big strong lad so you know he, he will he will get to know that in the premier league in that in that way anyway but i just think he will give us so many 
opportunities in midfield, the way he plays the ball, together with the other boys. Because, you know, if we look at the, at the, at the old midfield that we had before with Henderson and Fabinho and Wijnaldum, or, you know, we I've, I've said this before, we will always appreciate them you know, because of the way they worked and how they dealt with uh, games and yeah. how they played. But this got more quality in terms of passing skills. It's a little bit more uh, creative and all that mm. kind of stuff. So I like that. And and still, we might not have seen it all. You know, we, McAllister struggled a bit. You know, he's a little bit yeah. too slow on the ball sometimes because he's playing and not in the, his right position and all that. But I think as, as long as the season goes and the more they play, and hopefully we grab him as well, we know that Curtis Jones coming back, obviously. And I think that he should be still be playing, you know, uh, quite many games. But having that option yeah. with Gravenberg to come in and do that kind of stuff, we, we have a young, very creative and exciting midfield that will do great things for us. So, you know, to see him playing this derby was great. Yeah, because I think I mentioned, like, one, I think it was the game after Spurs, I said, like, it's a, it's not a good thing that Jones has got three games banned, but it, in in a way, it's like a bit of a blessing in disguise for Raven, Ryan Gravenberg because it gives him a chance to come in and yeah. games like today where just keep it simple, but like he makes it look like effortless, and he's got all the qualities that we want to see. So it was, it was, yeah, it was really nice performance from him in the sixty-two minutes that he played. Um, and of course, I mentioned Nunes comes onto the field, and instantly, you know, what what's going to start happening? There's going to be balls, balls in behind. There's going to be just more chaos on the field, and I, I think that's. I would have ideally, if I could, if. I could change it. I would. I would have started Darwin Nunes in this game. I feel like if we would have started Nunes, I, fe- I would. Have, I, f- I feel like we would have got a goal in that first half at some point. Just in terms of the chances that we were creating, only half chances. But I feel like having that extra person in the box, like just those crosses that were coming in quite often from Simicast, it might have felt to Nunes. He gets in the right. He likes to be in the right place at the right time, and he's good. At, he's good at doing that. So I feel like that's one that maybe going forward it was a. He had like maybe some cramp, or whatever, after the international. So Jota was maybe fresher. I understand that, but I feel like for games like this, Diaz, Nunes, and Salah just try and win the game in the first half, first sixty, kill the game off. Then you can bring on the, the Jotas and the Harvey Elliotts and stuff. But you knew straight away once Nunes came onto the field that Liverpool were going to start to turn the screw a little bit more on the in the, in the final third because that's where we were lacking. I felt like we just didn't, as soon as we got to like near their box, the passing just kind of slowed down a little bit, didn't it, until he came on? Yeah, and I agree with you. Uh, Darwin Nunes, uh, like everyone else know, is my favourite. Uh, <laughs> favourite player ever. <laughs> yeah, but it's just, you know, I understand he's been away playing for Uruguay, you know, uh, far away, you know, having to travel, getting the cramp and all that kind of stuff that we need to be, you know, a little bit, you know, we need to protect him, not to, you know, overplay him. and still young and all that, but I, it's just... I agree with you. He should have. Pl- I think you know he should have started this kind of game because it's someone where we had chance to put balls into behind their defensive lines, but he can actually come into that space because of his pace and also the and Tarkovsky like up against Tarkovsky, <laughs> you could absolutely yeah, and and, and also the, the the crosses, even if they weren't the best, you know he's someone that will get there and actually fight for the ball, which means the ball can actually fall down into you know to someone else because then you have someone actually fighting for that. Uh, moment that happens yeah. and that can actually you know bring something as well you need someone in there to actually have that 
like we say, like a little bit of chaos with him because mm. he's strong, he's, you know, quick, he's good with the ball. And we could tell when he come in, you know, this, he's unpredictable in that way. Like he, you know, that he's going to play up front to go out to the left or something because of how he changes uh, and all that kind of his substitutions. But what he brings to the team in, in, in games is something that we, we actually, because I, I, I told you this that as well. I, I want him to play every game because you straight away, you feel that, we are more of a threat. There's more creativity. We got more pace. So he brings all that to the way we play and what we can actually do to hopefully go and win games. It's it's more of a chance that we actually go and win with him on the pitch. Yeah, I think the, the only criticism of like Darwin is that you could say he's not technically as good as like Cody Gappo in terms of like his first touch and maybe dropping deep and whatever. But I think he's starting to improve on even that as well. He still looks a bit. His first touch, whatever, still doesn't look great when he does it. But like he's got that much pace that he can make it. He can make those touches into something greater than what he probably should be. Um, but because he's so quick, he makes that, that stuff happen. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mentioned like the Canate thing, and I'm just looking through live score now. Sean Dyche got a yellow card. I didn't even, I didn't even notice. I didn't even notice that while, while we were there. But he got a yellow. He must have absolutely been fuming because. Canate didn't get sent yeah. off for the uh, second yellow, and we haven't even mentioned Mo Salah yet because he had a bit of a he had a bit of a mad game. He wasn't even in the first half. There was a couple of chances where he's got on the ball, and it's like usually a Salah in that area he takes on Michalenko, goes round him, or does this, this, and that, or plays ball in behind. And every time he was trying stuff, it just weren't happening today. And then we get the um, we get the penalty on seventy fifth minute after. VAR check. I, I just felt like that we weren't going to get that one, um, and that was created by Diaz again, being down that left hand side trying to cross it in, and yeah. it's a it's a it's a clear handball. And I think I said to you, like, do you reckon Mo's going to take it after having such a such a <laughs> mad game? Are we still going to give him it? Because obviously he took the ball, didn't he? But he was obviously prote- protecting it for for Mo. And then yeah, I think. When it went in, I was like, thank fuck. But I felt like the way the game was going, I was worried about that penalty just because yeah. the, he, he wasn't as as effective as he usually is in, in, in that type of game. Yeah, and we talked about it before, about Salah, you know, scoring all the goals, you know, giving all the points, being a fucking legend in, you know, in every way that that word is used. <laughs> but, but, you know, when you have a game like that, when... It doesn't seem to work for him. The touch is, you know, bad. His decision making is bad. He doesn't seem to actually get into the game the way we are used to. And then he steps up for the penalty. Yes, I'm worried. But at the same time, you know, we've seen him miss a few, you know, uh, last season and all that. But, you know, this season he's been really good and he seems to be more like focused in a way. But when he steps up to take a penalty, it's not trying to, you know, fuss about. It's more like, I'm just going to get this fucking straight in the goal. Whatever whatever side he puts it into, if it's in the middle, it's with more of a, you know, power behind it, which I like. I, I'd rather be like, go for power. Don't try to, you know, because he missed the goal, even with trying to, you know, place it into a corner. Now just go for power yeah. and he scores. And, you know, he's got another another goal there for his statistics. So, yeah, Mo Salah is Mo Salah. And, you know, we, we, we just have to keep on, Keep on enjoying him as long as he plays for us because he will go down as one of the best Liverpool players ever in the history of our club. Yeah, it's when that went in, I was like, I wanted us to build on it, but then the later the game gets on and it stays 1 0, and then the ball goes up and it's and it's nine minutes out of the on, then you're like, oh, fucking hell, they're going to get a corner or they're going to get a jammy goal or something's going to happen. We were mentioning Phil Jagielka, like all that type of shit. You're wondering, you're wondering if something horrible is going to happen. Um, 
And luckily, it, it doesn't happen. And Mo Salah, again, doesn't have the best game by any stretch. It was probably one of his worst games, and I'm sure he even he'll admit that. But he gets he gets the second goal, and it comes from Everton tra- kind of trying to, att- trying to attack us, and we kind of break away. McAllister wins the ball, plays it through. Darwin Nunes is... When Darwin Nunes is in that in that type of um, area and he's running with the ball, you're yeah, not going to catch pace. him. And he, he holds on to it just the right amount of time, Yeah, slows it down, plays Mo in, and then Mo scores, and Mo scores again. And, I mean, we say it every week, it's now, Mo's now got 194 Liverpool goals, which is in 316 games, which is just, I mean, it's six off 200, which is just fucking ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, and he will, he will get that this season, you know, without a doubt. And, Used to think, you know, we'd be talking about that before as well. If he leaves, you know, come summer, you know, he will have great statistics. But, you know, a part of me hopes that he want to stay for maybe another year or two because of keep on, you know, scoring 30, 40 goals a season yeah. to, you know, get even closer to the top. Because no one, it feels like no one will ever be able to reach him, you know, for a long, long period of time. Probably not in our lifetime. You don't know. But, you know, it just feels like he will just continue to score goals because. We talked about that, you, me, and my brother understands that, you know, we, he can have a shit game, but he still scores the goals. Scores that's that's the thing, like, that's why he's on the pitch. He's just there. He's not always the best, but he's always creating points and goals and stuff. So to have, you know, uh, the total of them goals um, in those games as well, and you knowing that he, he always makes an impact, he always makes a difference, yeah. it's brilliant. So two goals from O, you know, 2 0 win against Everton. Can't, can't complain. complain. <laughs> yeah, because it's funny because on the on the taxi, I got, I got a taxi to the ground, and I, was, I got he was like, a, I think he was an Arsenal fan, the guy that was driving the taxi, and he he was mentioning about Salah, and he said, um, "Why didn't you sell Salah for two hundred million this summer?" And it's like you can only understand, I think, Mo Salah completely if you're a Liverpool fan and you watch him every game, because I think if you only see him from the outside, you see like he scores goals and whatever, but you maybe don't see all the other stuff that he does in terms of. Holding up play, creating stuff, assists, like yeah, yeah just being a world class player on the pitch. I feel like you know when you have to explain that to someone, it maybe doesn't come across the same way as like you. You just have to watch Liverpool games to appreciate just how good he is and how involved he is. Even if like this game, we're saying he had a bad game and he still scored two goals. Like the amount of times that he has great games and doesn't score or gets just gets an assist or whatever. But it's it's every game where he's he's. Even if he's not involved, he'll he'll do at least something in the game that you'd be like, yeah, that's Mo Salah, and that's that's what he can do. So, again, Mo Salah, a legend, a legend of the club, and, and yeah, another massive win. Of course, at the at the time we went top of the league. Of course, Man City have Man City have won and whatever. So we're not that's not quite remain the same. But um, yeah, it was again another victory after last year where we beat them two 0 at home, and now we've followed it up with another two 0 home victory this year. These games are never enjoyable, but it's as long as you win. Because I think, like when we were getting towards the 70, 70th minute and we we hadn't scored the penalty yet, you like, is it going to be a nil nil? Is it going to be like we're just going to have to take a draw here? But like the fact that we can still get over the line and get and get the results, I think that's especially you could see with Klopp at the end, like he done he done the fit, fist yeah. pumps to the cop, then he came over to us, the main stand and done it as well. But I don't think he usually does that. I think no, he, he did three, like the, he's done three sides, yeah, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, so I think yeah. that's something that he doesn't usually do. So it's like he knows how big these games are. They're never pretty, but to get the win and get over the line, that's the that's the, the massive thing that you need. Yeah, and like I mentioned in the start, like there's some derbies where you go, you can win, you know, four 0 and you're brilliant. But there's some derbies where 
like this one where it feels tough it feels like it doesn't click it doesn't have the rhythm that we want from the start and it's it is difficult because because it is a derby it doesn't mean you know everything's going to be you know easy because of everton being you know shite at the moment and you know down you know very low on the table and all that kind of stuff only because of they are in that position doesn't mean they're going to come and you know try to cause problems for us at Anvil. so um yeah i was very pleased that we can actually go and get the goals and win it and you know make sure that we actually close the game with the second goal uh, and to see club celebrate like that you know the three sides where he goes and you know fist bumps and yeah it's 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 just a great great feeling because you know now now we're in the top of the league together with you know the other teams that are there with the great points that we have and you know the, the start that we have this season you can't complain you know we, we we already been through the tottenham and all that shit that happened but you know thinking of where we are at the moment and where we're going it's it's a great start. It's a great season so far, and hopefully we can just keep on developing, especially especially with the midfield that we talked about with McAllister, Gravenberg, Soberslide, Curtis Jones together. This young creative midfield, because like we said, McAllister had a had a bit of a trouble in this game. He had he had uh, troubles in some games in the past as well. But I think you know we just. Yeah, because he's playing in that position, we need to give him just time. Continue to have you know you know believe yeah. in him. So I think with this midfield and the other players that are around, it's, it, you know we, we can look forward to a great season and hopefully we can challenge all the way. I think you forget because because the, the the transition that we've made from, with the new midfield because they've done so well, you sometimes forget how they've only been here for for a sh- very short amount of time. So if they, yeah. you've got to expect like McAllister playing in a position that. He's not gonna. He's not the type of person that'll moan about it. He'll just get on with it. But it's not his best position, so we need to maybe have a bit more patience and hopefully that he can start to turn up a bit a bit more than he, he was. Because there's, there's there's times where I am a bit worried about him in those type of positions where he's passed into his feet. Um, but yeah, Liverpool have now played four at home, one all four. The away form is not too bad as well. Eight points out of five, of course. That includes the Spurs fucking fiasco as well with the. We won't get we won't get into that again. We we spent about an hour last time talking about that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, a great start again for Liverpool. Of course, even before this game, the start was great. But when you look at the table, and we're still up there around the likes of City, that are like an Arsenal and, and, and teams like that. It's it's a it's. A, I mean, I think it's underrated. I think even like seeing like United fans online, like Mark Goldbridge, for example, like praising Liverpool for how they've rebuild the midfield and how it's kind of like everyone's just been like oh yeah but the Liverpool and it's expected but it's like it's a massive thing to lose the players that we did and also yeah. replace the players that we weren't expecting to leave with Fabinho and Henderson and stuff so it's a it's a massive job that is kind of gone under the radar I feel like for most other teams that how well we've done it so yeah another another great victory for Liverpool hopefully we can carry that on against Forest, um, I mean, we've got loads. Another game against Toulouse coming up as well. So the, the game is going to come thick and fast. So, especially Curtis Jones coming back, we need those players back. And we haven't even mentioned Harvey Elliott. He was great coming off the bench um, yeah. today. Another player that is, I, I guess, people just yeah, right like to write off as well. Like I, I, I get the point of view, like because he's not the quickest or the strongest or whatever, but he's still young. He's still yeah. developing. We're still trying to find his best position. But he comes onto the field and he gets on the ball. He tries to make stuff happen. So there's there's loads of positives in terms of like even like not even the starting eleven, but the, the the squad around it as well. 
Yeah, I think with Harvey Elliott, we have to appreciate the player is because, you know, only because he was bought when he was 16, 17 years of age from Fulham. And, you know, people talking about, you know, he got, you know, he was asked from Real Madrid to go and join them and he was invited yeah. to see them, you know, just because of that, the people think that he will be, you know, the next big star. But, you know, it doesn't work like that sometimes. You know, he can be a great talent, but it might take a little bit longer to form him. It might be, take a little bit longer to develop him. But he's only 20, you know, he played for us and he, every time he put that shirt on, He's doing a great job. You know, I love the way he loves to play for Liverpool Football Club. He shows that by emotion, you know, the way, the way he works and on the pitch, you know, and it, it like, you know, we've talked about that in the stands as well, the three of us, you know, that he's coming in and doing a job and he's not making it any, you know, no, no fuss, just play it simple, play it, you know, uh, pass, you know, pass it back if you need to, keep the ball for a bit if you need to, play forward, you know, make, take a new position. There's nothing, you know, he need, he doesn't need to be like a glamorous player or anything. He just want to play. And he does it really good when he comes on. So I think it's brilliant that we've got a really young player that can come in and do have an impact and do the job and, you know, sometimes even start for us. So to have Harvey Elliott and like the likes of Curtis Jones in our squad to be able to come in and do that kind of job is just brilliant. So we couldn't complain about it. We should just be very appreciative about it. Yeah, especially with Toulouse coming up on uh, Thursday, like Harvey Elliott, you'd expect him to start games like that. So there's, he's going to get game time from the start as well. It's just like, I think like when you come to like maybe Forest as well, I always feel like he's better off the bench, but like, yeah, there's plenty of players in there that it's it's exciting. Like we say, we say it every 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 time. It's exciting in terms of not knowing who's going to play, but also expecting high standards. Like the Gravenberg today, it's like happy he's playing, but then you want him to reach a good level that we um, that we've seen um, from Ajax from his Ajax days and stuff, and he and he produced again today. Um, so yeah, we shall leave it there. Thanks everyone for listening. We're going to go and get back on the. Back on the pints. Uh, yep. It's We probably had quite a bit of background noise there. Someone was just moving a lot of the chairs and that. But um, hopefully you didn't hear that. Um, but yeah, we'll be back very soon to chat about the Reds once again. Nice one to Christian as always. Nice one to everyone for listening. And we'll see you all very soon. Nice one. Sports Social Podcast Network.